we're just trying to make a living and enjoy, you know, and, and do a, grow a good crop, take care of the environment. We are. We're, we're trying to be good stewards of this and to try to get that message out everybody we're not just over here haphazardly you can't there's not the stage of the, and it probably was never that way but you just can't do that economically you can't you cannot not do a good job and not take care of this because this is our resource this is the real food real people podcast this week on the podcast we find out how onions are grown here in washington state we talk with a real life washington onion grower in the basin city area kevin kutsk he's got a really cool story didn't grow up on a farm and how he came into the farming community and now he's an expert and so involved and so passionate and we also get to find out a lot about onions which we eat a lot of onions but they often don't get the spotlight on our plate so it's good to sometimes check in with some of these more overlooked crops sometimes uh, to find out how are they being grown and what goes into that part of our diet of the food that we eat that's produced here in washington state i'm dylan honkoop this is the real food real people podcast and we're glad you're here taking part in this journey all over washington state to get to know the real people behind our food our sponsors are the dairy farmers of washington wadairy.org is their website and it's june dairy month uh, and they focus this month especially on how dairy products are grown here in Washington State and the care that our producers here in Washington take. Also, Mana Insurance Group, helping you not just pick up the pieces when things go wrong, but having a plan to protect your financial future. Uh, they're a family-based company, uh, locally uh, started right here in the community where I'm from, and now they have offices not only here in Washington, but also in California and in Arizona so we appreciate their sponsorship, as well as Williams, helping to power your clean energy future. They're sponsoring the podcast with a, an, a community grant. And also Washington Red Raspberries supporting our podcast. Of course, I love the Washington Red Raspberry community of growers, as that's who I grow up, grew up with. Uh, my dad's a red raspberry grower here in Washington. So again, we go to the Basin City area, right to the middle of an onion field, and talk with Kevin Kutsk, a real Washington onion grower, here on the Real Food, Real People podcast this week. So what kind of food do you grow? Onions? We're here in an onion field. Yes, we grow, um, the main food is onions we grow. And this is a drip irrigated onion field for, could be turned into onion rings, uh, salsa, mm. um, salad bars, Whatever else mm. can go into there. Um, we grow seed crops uh, that uh, will go eventually become food. Right. But uh, So what kind of food, what kind of plant? Um, we have wheat seed, uh, okay. pea seed, mm. uh, corn seed, uh, radish seed, vegetable seed, I mean a, a carrot seed. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else. We've done sugar beet seed. Uh, I usually I focus a lot on the onions and but that part of the farm I do get involved with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, my boss Carrick Bauman and Brian Germain. He's his top guy on that side of it. But we all work together, and it helps in the rotation of things, of crops, and right. You know, making. Um, I may get involved in some of the fertility side of it, the agronomy side, a little bit. But then when onion season gets going full blast, I'm fully into the onions. You're the onion guy. I am. A, my title, is, which is onion production manager, which is a, yeah. you know, it's a broad title. But anywhere from, you know, looking at here right now, there may be a leak. I have had a gopher is getting. I may have to go fix it. 
<laughs> up to all the way to purchasing chemical or something for yep. their fertilizer. So each day it brings its uh, challenges or opportunities, I guess you could say, to uh, get involved. And you just have to be adaptable, do whatever. So, What's the process of growing onions start to finish? How does it really work? I mean, I think I know. And I've been around other kinds of farming, but I've never been directly involved in anything onions. Um, so, like, uh, it actually starts the the ground prep the be the fall before. Mm. We may like this field here had wheat on it. Mm. The farmer before we we rent ground, so <clears throat> excuse me, we don't own this. So we may rent this for this year and maybe next. We don't want to get too many years in a row with onions, but mm. this has been out of onions for quite a while. But last year had wheat on it, so they did the wheat harvest in July sometime by then, and they left a stubble. So then we um, came out here and <clears throat> got the water going, pulled our soil sample, which we do. We do a grid sample. Like every two acres, we pull a, gr- a sample, a nutrient sample. Mm. And then that um, will lead into uh, recommendations for fertility going into obviously this growing year. Right. Uh, so we get the ground ready in last fall and then we do fumigate it. We have mm-hmm. to take care of some of the weeds and seeds, uh, soil disease and things like that. So that we do mm-hmm. it in the fall and we let the ground rest all winter long. Mm-hmm. And then, so that part of that. Um, and then we spread the dry fertilizer in the spring based on those grid samples we have. We call it prescription farming, basically. We're applying fertility where it is needed, not just a blanket rate. Right. And that's from... You're only putting just enough for each Pretty much. Yep. Yep. And and you want to leave it... We always... A philosophy we always... My boss has always said is we want to leave it as good or better than we get it. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of... You know, we want to grow a good crop, but we don't want to deplete the ground so much. Right. We want to keep it, maintain it. So um, so that's... we, we. do that dry fertilizer usually March time up here, mm-hmm. and uh, then we work the ground. Uh, we do we do plow everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a lost art. A lot of people don't plow anymore, but we mm-hmm. feel like it brings up a kind of a like this spring was so dry. Mm. Um, it brought up moisture for us, mm-hmm. so we did plow. We do plow everything, and then we pack it, make it nice seed bed. And then um, we have a bed marking up machine that, that is applying fertilizer again based mm. on the soil sample again, mm. the grid sample. So we're variable rating liquid fertilizer, right? A, you know, and we're making the beds. And then after that, the tape is laid. And uh, then the, the water, the, the drip tape, drip, yep. drip irrigation. And then the planter comes right behind it. Mm. And then that's, so then the, then the seed's in the ground and it's now we're full on in and- if I remember correctly, too, from just planting onions in the garden, the seed is, like, tiny, right? Very, very tiny. Yes, it's the size of a BB, I guess you could mm-hmm. relate. Um, and the planters we have, uh, they have cells on them, which are round, so it just fills the, the planter cells, and then it drops it accordingly. We have our, our, our drop down the row, basically, based on gears and seed plates. Yeah. So. My, from my gardening experience, if I remember, you put down more seed than you need, and then you have to kind of thin it. But how do you do it when you're doing hundreds of acres? Well, you, um, in a case like that, your germ was probably very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we don't like to have anything below. I mean, we'll maybe get, 
we have to take 88% germ, we'll take it, but we love 90%. So way higher germination yeah. rates than what I do in the garden. Ex- you know, because we want... How do you accomplish that? Um, I mean, that in my mind, that's like high-level farming. Like, I, could, I couldn't <laughs> make that happen in my garden by hand. Well, we demand the seed companies. <laughs> we don't verbally demand, but yeah. they, if we need good seed, because if you don't have good seed... Uh, everything else, you know, your spacing. If your if your seed quality and germ, you know, germination doesn't is not good. You'll have skips out there. Your onions won't size properly. I mean, just mm-hmm. everything seed. So we really work, you know, hard on getting good seed. And we have same suppliers year after year. They know what we want. So the seed that you guys plant is a lot higher quality than what you it get is. in the little paper packet at the store for the garden. Unfortunately, probably most of the time. They always well, a joke, but it's probably the floor scrappings a lot of times. That, which <laughs> really okay. I don't, that I'm makes not, sense. I'm not saying that's. I know for a fact, but um, it could yeah. be some off. And then you don't know how long it's been there either, because some of our seed will get it, and it may be only once you kind of treat it and get it ready. It may only be good for a year. And we'll mm-hmm. we'll care. We we you can't plant every last ounce of seed you have. You have a little bit of carryover every year, so then mm-hmm. we do a re-germ, and sometimes you'll lose ten percent germination mm-hmm. in a year. So you want to buy enough. You don't want to be short, but you don't want to buy too much. Right. So there's always that, you know, it's just part of the deal. So, so then it, it germinates, and, and what do you have to do to, to keep them happy until it's time to harvest them? Um, so so right now we are drip irrigating. Uh, so once you get them in the ground, um, as you can see in the background, I don't know, but there's a big irrigation circle. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe you can see there the the drip the hoses out there. Yeah. So after we get it planted, get the drip in the ground, then they got to put all the infrastructure in. So in the meantime, we may spin the circle and mm-hmm. get that moisture going mm-hmm. right away, and then we'll get the the drip up and going. But um, you got to get all the tubes into feed every one everything. of those. Like how many rows would a field like this have? Thousands. Yeah, I, I could count it. <laughs> I think I marked it. I. I was out here marking out, but I did six at a time, you know, yeah. six beds at a time. Yeah. But How many passes did you yeah, make six rows at a time? Probably 100 and, I don't know, 50, 160 maybe. Passes yeah, times six rows. Yeah, yeah. So, something like that. <laughs> so, you know, and get so you get all that in, you get you get the infrastructure, but we may use the circles. Plus, um, we've had a really windy spring over here, mm-hmm. and as you can, it blows over here. It does. Yeah. It gets windy. Yeah. So we were, a lot of times you're running circles just to, keep the dirt down keep the dust you know and and we're only planted less than a maybe about a quarter inch you know we're fairly shallow and this ground is fairly light so you're really you know you could blow out um so fortunately we didn't lose any you know we lost maybe a little bit but it was we were able to manage it through water and and then we try to leave a rough kind of a surface a little bit of a cloudy surface which if you have good clods it it helps hold the helps hold the soil too Mm mm-hmm so uh, once we get the irrigation up and going, um, weeds, we always have weed problems, so we do have to spray them. Mm-hmm. And we, um, in onions, uh, if like a lot of crops, they don't have a large canopy, mm-hmm. so weeds don't get smothered by canopy. So you have right. op- only a certain opportunity to get them. And so actually that's what we're doing right now. This field was sprayed, oh, about a week ago kind of stage it we find what size they are and onions and then you start spraying them um and then you know just the the water the 
fertility, and then you start to do the insect. You know, you do you have you have pests, and then you have bugs crawling down in the dirt that want to so, start chewing on the onions. Yep, like thrips. You know, thrips is the biggest uh, on onions because they basically go in and they'll take a nice green leaf and make it yellow, mm. and they'll just and then that won't won't photosynthesize and it won't you know. So it's a fortunately we've got some really good products. And over the years that they're still developing them and it's less um, broad spectrum we're more just one pest yep. so we're not we're not eliminating the beneficials mm-hmm. i love like i mean you could talk for i like love talking about this but you can talk, we could walk out there sometimes and it's like awesome i see beneficials out there because they're mm-hmm. doing a job that insecticide I'm not, I can't do they're doing they're out there 24 hours a day so it's not like if you're spraying for bugs it's killing all the bugs it's, it's not it's so soft that it's designed only to get the the bad bugs exactly and that's and it's uh you know it's a <clears throat> you have to scout and you look and you know you look at what's around you you get certain crops that are harvested you may get an influx I mean it's just kind of a balancing but most of the products they're very very uh, site specific which is awesome so um and then you know it's really really uh it helps the quality of it of the crop so and then okay so you plant in what late march early april it sounds like if i'm remembering from what you were just saying when are they ready to harvest um so we have a this field here um we'll start getting it ready i bet uh let me think here Oh, mid September, maybe. Mm. Yeah, we try to we try to get done by middle of October. You know, we pushed it later than that, but uh, sometimes it, it just depends. We have a crop. We we grow some onions in Tri Cities, which is about forty five minutes south of here, and we'll start harvesting those in July. Mm. Does a specific seed have a certain number of days to maturity, kind of thing, to keep track of? I know, like. Corn, that's what I'm familiar with because I planted corn when I was in college. It's like, how many day corn is this? Same with onions? Same with onions. You know, we'll have, you have like a, a 90 day onion mm-hmm. um, all the way up to like a 140 day onion. And then you wow. start pushing it. But wow. hundred and You could never do that in Western Washington. And <laughs> so we <laughs> would ex- never be possible. <laughs> and that hundred and we've, we've had a 140 day here and it, just hasn't matured. <laughs> I guess it just sounds like gambling. If you don't yeah. get the heat units or whatever you need that late in the year, and yeah. exactly, and it's so prolific, it just grows. It just keeps growing. So you try to manipulate a little bit, yeah. but you can't manipulate it too much because it will not mature. Right. So majority of our onions are probably, I'd say, hundred day, hundred and five day, right around there, mm-hmm. which is a real good. You know, we can start get done by middle of October. Kind of idea. And so when they're ready, are they ready? Like you got to harvest within a certain amount of time, yeah. otherwise they're going to be kind of too far gone? Well, certain harvests, like in Pasco, um, which is going to be just to come to the plant, it's just going to sit there for a short amount of time, and then it's going to be packaged and put in bags and then moved on. It's not going to be stored long. So we may actually uh, mow the tops off with a flail mm-hmm. mower kind of a thing. Um, a good... Like this onions out here will go into storage, and this variety actually I don't like. I could name the name; it doesn't really matter. But um, this one will probably actually we still have this onion same variety storing right now. They store that long. Yes, wow. and we're gonna we're we're hoping to store it till we're almost getting to the point where we can store all year and get all the way to July, and then have another 
fresh, fresh crop. crop coming yeah. in. That's awesome. So yeah, when they onions will tell you when they're ready because they'll they'll basically their neck will get soft. Mm. So all the green little shoots start to fall over, and then that's actually a, you. That's good because they start to seal that neck, and which helps prevent you know issues and storages mm. like disease and stuff like that. It yeah. it has a natural tendency to just uh, block that area there because it's like a big yeah. funnel. Everything goes in that neck. Right. Right. So um, probably want to keep moisture out of there. You keep do. them dry so they don't mold. Exactly, and that's why we drip irrigate, is to keep the, mm. quite frankly, we could talk about that, but it's like yeah. keeping the moisture off the onions. Yeah. So, because it's just... It's Only down to the roots where they need it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And you can see it. I mean, it's kind of, this is actually a really cool picture. This this water I just turned on today, and actually we're going to put a little fertilizer on it, but it's just, it's irrigating where it needs. It's irrigating each line, irrigating four, four different rows of onions. So, so when the onion's ready, uh, it'll fall over... It kind of depends on where we're at. We'll come through with a like an undercutting bar. It's like a it's like a rod weeder bar, and it just kind of goes under the ground and it cuts the roots and it mm. basically picks them up a little bit and it basically takes up the roots out of it. And you don't you don't cut immediately that much on them. Yeah, because how much dirt is on the actual onion? Quite a bit, because these roots. I mean, we've had issues where you may blow out a water line or something, and you can see roots down to a foot. Really, a foot to eighteen inches, or even more of that two two feet. So, I mean, the main roots are in the top foot. I always think of the roots on onions, what you buy in the store, and they're only that long. But that's because you go along and kind of cut them off off underneath. Cut them off. And you may leave a little bit on them because you don't want to get too close. If you get too close to your undercutter bar, you'll bruise the onion. Right. Because, you know, you're you're drying it down. It's, you know, it's August. It's hot. You know, or, or, you know, September, it's hot. You know, whatever time you're at. And then you'll, uh, you will... Undercut them and let them lay out here for maybe seven to ten days, roughly. Mm. Depends on what the weather. Cause them to dry out a little bit. Dry out. Get that neck to cure. Kind of gets the whole product. We ideally you want to do called a field cure. You want to have it to finish in the field. You don't want to have to take it to storage and finish it. You want Mm. to do it naturally. And it's like vine ripened version for for onions. Exactly to get it ready, because that make it a good storing onion for the summer for the next you know all winter long. and then we got machinery that uh, we do. We have a windrower and a topper. So it, mm. if you could see it here, we, we plant in well six beds, and then our our windrower it will do the six beds, and it will throw it into a bed that's probably you know maybe four or five feet wide, and then a loader comes along. So we're able to load a semi truck in about fifteen minutes, ten to wow. fifteen minutes when you're just going so does that scoop them up kind of like a potato digger very very similar yeah we're just above the ground potato diggers in the ground but it's everything's on top you're probably still getting some dirt yeah it probably has to shake out as it goes through the conveyors or whatever yep Yep. it's called a a top air it's kind of comes up and it wraps around on top it's a it's a really it's an it and then basically blows air and Mm. then on the wind roar it's blowing air as that onion comes up and that neck comes up and then that that topper Tops takes oh, off. That, takes the neck. That's you, how they cut it off without cutting the onion. Exactly. And you leave a little bit on the top because mm-hmm. you want that to seal. You don't want to be too tight. Again, you right. don't want to damage them. So it's a really, it's a cool deal. You know, it's good good equipment. Very fortunate. I work for a very good operation that gives good equipment because it pays, yeah. and uh, and it works when you need it to work because it's so critical. I mean, it's just yeah. How does it do all that without bruising it? Because that's uh, the other thing. It's like I want. I, not to sound demanding, but I want my onions not bruised when I buy them at the store, and that's your goal, I'm sure. But 
It is. And you've got to be kind of gentle, but at the same time, you've got a lot of onions to pick up. And, and that, a lot of that in my thinking, too, I'm part of the, I'm like the agronomist for this for the farm, plus mm-hmm. other few other things. I mean, I'm not, I don't know everything I get help from outside, but yep. nutrient-wise, we try to get into that onion, you know, good good nutrients that'll make it good, strong cells, and, and they can sustain some of that, mm-hmm. you know, going into harvest or sustain uh, disease in the in the winter t- in the summertime in the field or insect insect problems. Right. So, so a healthier onion is going to bruise onion. less. Exactly. Just like, a, you know, you don't want to relate it to humans. I mean, healthier you are, the, the more able to do things. So if you try to mm-hmm. do the same thing, and that's all the way along with growing the crop. You want to do have a nice, healthy crop because, again, you, it's reduced use of insecticides and fungicides and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's a whole deal. And the varieties that we grow um, are tend to be called storage onions, so they're already they're developed that way to be – uh, a little bit harder so they can, you know, and then the chains on the diggers, you, you don't run them super fast. I mean, you just try to be gentle, be gentle. Yeah. Yep. And you try to get things done fast, but be gentle. So it's always that, you know. Now, how many different kinds of onions do you grow? I mean, you talked about varieties and I'm sure there's a bunch of them that we've never mm-hmm. heard of, but at the store you think of, okay, well, there's the red onions, the white onions, the yellow onions, the sweets, like the Walla Walla sweets. Yep. Do you grow all of those or... We grow, we do, we grow white onions, mm-hmm. um, we grow yellows, we call red onions, and we do grow some sweet onions. We can't grow Walla Walla, they have to grow in Walla Walla area, kind of a marketing area, which is it's like yeah. champagne. Exactly. It has to be grown, in, yeah. It has to be grown in that, which is, you know, they've done a beautiful job because, yep. um, and it's a good onion, it really is. It just doesn't store. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah, they they have their season. They do. When and you can and get them. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, we... Typically, you know, um, majority of our business that, that before I was here, I've been here 15 years, has, has been on the processing side. So a lot of these go into, like I said, the onion rings and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we'll maybe we'll go visit here a little bit. But we like a single centered onion. If you ever cut an onion, some onions have different centers, like two or three. We like right. them with one center because you right. can get you can get good rings out of that. Right. So we strive towards those kind of onions, and, and if, if they're single-centered, they can be used for a lot of things, like processing, or even they can go into fresh fresh market, too. So, I mean, it's more, you know, diversity, diversification, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, the sweet onion, we're, we done, we're doing some. It's just a, it's kind of a challenging, you know, to, to uh, they're a little hard. I mean, they're, there's some that are, they're a little harder to grow. They are. Um, and then the marketing side, too. It's just a... And things, you know, and then we always want to talk about COVID, but it's been a COVID has just thrown a curveball to all of us <laughs> because there was markets starting to come. But with us going into the food service, I mean, it was shut down. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. coast. I mean, it's still limited, you know. Yep. And then, you know, you, we still have a we still got onions in storage, and we and we usually aren't don't have a lot left, but we still got quite a bit left. So it's yeah, kind of because not a lot of people make onion rings at home. No, they some don't. do. I know I have, and they're actually really good they if you learn how to make them. And I said the same thing quite a while back, um, actually when I was talking with Derek Freya on oh, on the yeah. podcast about potatoes, because a lot of people don't make French fries at home they, when they go out to eat. So when all that shut down, boom. Oh, yeah, exactly. Anything yeah. destined for that, what's going to happen to it? 
Exactly, and that's you know. So I feel ver- we feel very fortunate how you know we we grow some varieties that are long storing. So we're having like I said, storm a little longer, and we've got good customers that have are really working with us or trying. You know, because mm-hmm. in the ag industry, um, you have to work together. I mean, all of what you do all along the line, the processor and you, and and sometimes they may be low on onions. You may help them out, and then, and that's the way it should be. You know, we shouldn't mm-hmm. be gouging each other and taking advantage of each other. So. Uh, we've, we've got some good cu- good customers that are helping us or trying to get through it. Um, but uh, again, we were trying to, we were developing those markets, and then all of a sudden yeah. that hit. So it's kind of like okay, I think to start over on some yeah, of that relationship building recipes and stuff. Exactly. So that's you know that's um, we you know like most ap- farmers we're adapting and and we're discussing and changing and trying to what's the next thing but we've got a crop in the field already <laughs> <So> <laughs> it doesn't stop yeah, these these can't be done in 60 days yeah. you know, or, or 90 days you gotta yeah. you gotta go you know what all right we're gonna go for it and we yeah. got a good home for them we hope things change and again you just have faith that things are going to work out and and uh, they do you know and and uh, if not you learn i mean you learn things through it too i mean it's not a there's not a reason there's a reason for things so um it's it makes it fun. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I get, I get involved some of that. I, I more and more, uh, it's interesting to me that the marketing side a little bit more, you know, and the customer relations, I get involved a little bit more, but, yeah. um, it's, it's a dynamic. We have a, we have a part of the company that, that does that. They have a, we have our own sales group. So they, they deal with that and I, I get involved a little bit, you know, some meetings and stuff like that. And it's good to get feedback too, is what are we doing? Okay. In the field. Yeah. Is that what they want? You yeah. Know? Cause I mean, obviously, we want a happy customer or you're not going to be selling onions. So Absolutely. Yep. How did you get into this? How did you become an, an onion guru? Um, oh, <laughs> well, uh, a little bit of my story. I can, you know, I, I did grow up uh, in Whatcom County. I went to Meridian High School. Um, and uh, a neighbor um, that my folks had 20 acres hmm. on, in Laurel, Laurel area. Mm-hmm. And a dairy farmer, the Lynn and Jean Meegard dairy mm-hmm. farms. Yep. Uh, you had, uh, I think you had... Um, uh, Jean's gr- grandson, yep. Blake, on the podcast, yeah. Exactly, and I saw that. And he's And so they were, they ran our ground, and so I'm a 15-year-old kid, and I was like, you know, my brother worked for him, you know, I had milking cows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's not too bad. I can make a little money to buy a car, 15, 15 and a half. So I, so I was like, you know what, can I, can I come help? And they were really good to me, and it was a, it's, it was a flat barn, yeah. Dairy barn, and I remember the first day. I mean, it's just how imprints, but I just got kicked terribly hard by a, a really bad cow. Mm. I was like, "What am I doing here?" And <laughs> uh, and it was early in the morning. But again, I was like, you know, I I like this. I like I like the ag side. I kind of I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was like, you know, this is pretty good. So I I did that uh, off and on through high school, milking cows, and they were really good to me. They actually were like mentors to me, you know, yeah. farming and, and they were their friend, they, you know, Gene, they're still their friend. Lynn just passed away about a year ago, mm-hmm. but I would go home every winter and I would look him up and we'd have lunch or breakfast, you know, and it's just, a, yeah. it was a good, you know, just, they were good to me and taught good me people. a lot of hard work. And, uh, and I liked, I liked, uh, you know, even though getting up early in the morning at three o'clock and milking cows, <laughs> you come from a, you have a dairy background, don't you? Yeah. Both my grandparents, same thing, flat barn, same era same generation exactly and even though it's early it's just it was something about it It was just a 
you're out there doing a job and you're doing a, it's like you're accomplishing something and you're on your own and you're making decisions and, and it's just, there's something about it. And I was like, you know, I kind of like this farming thing, you know? So that led to, you know, I was like, I got out of high school and I went to decent mechanic school for the tech school down there in, in Bellingham for two years. Yep. I was like, ah, you know, that's okay. But I still like to maybe think about farming. So, um, the dairy farm wasn't going to work out. You know, I liked the dairy side, but just not growing up. And then I didn't have any, I couldn't, you know, and I just didn't, I just didn't want to, which is nothing wrong with it, be a full-time employee, but I would opportunity, you know, someday yeah. we all look for opportunity. Yeah. So, um, I was like, you know, yeah, let's see what happens. And I think somewhere I have a friend, uh, Drew Rosema. He's from that okay. area. Yeah. Um, and Mike Floyd, um, he had a custom, com- custom, Corn planting slash chopping business over there in the Sumas area with Mike mm-hmm. Yonkman, I believe. Yep. And I said, I'm talking to Drew, and and, uh, and Drew said, hey, you know, Mike's living over in Pasco area, Tri-Cities, and he needs help for summer big baling straw. Mm-hmm. And I was like 20, I think I was 21. And I was like, you know, that'd be kind of fun to go away. I was, Before that, I, I should go back. I was, I was looking to go away, and I was going to go to North Dakota because mm. there's some family cert tail family but it yeah. was so dry that they didn't plant anything that Ooh. spring so they didn't didn't need anything so that switched me to go to eastern which i'm glad it did because yeah. that's how i got here so i come over um just a kid from whatton county <laughs> show up in uh oh uh ba- let me see basin city altopia it's kind of just yep just a little bit from in met mike at a at a, at a cafe <laughs> and all of a sudden next thing i know i'm driving a a 4640 with a big baler going down the road at 18. I was going, what am I doing? And I have no idea. You know, I'm just, he, but, he, 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 but, but again, he installed confidence in me. He's like, yeah. hey, you know what? This is what's going to happen. You're going to have to do this, so go for it. So it was it was quite a deal. And I didn't know anybody over here. I knew Drew. He was an Othello and Mike. But it was, and I lived in Tri-Cities. You know, we had week, we had Sundays off, which was great. But anyway, I, I, I met people here. And uh, started to, you know, this is, this is, I kind of, kind of can do this, but I, it was only a summer job. I didn't have nothing in the winter. So I was like, so I'd go back home and I, then I come back again. I think I did that for like four summers. And I was like, you know, I'm getting to be 25. I need to yeah. kind of. What pick. were you doing in the rest of the year if you were just uh, here in the summer? I'd go home. Actually, I'd work on the dairy part time. He'd yep. have a relief milker, whatever. I would do construction a little bit. Uh, I just, I'd, do odd jobs, you know, yeah. friends and contacts, which is good. I made I me. Mean, I was single. I live with my my mom and my dad, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I was you know home for, but I still could anyway. That, that come you know May time, I was or April May, I was like oh, maybe I want to go back. So yeah. so then I had friends over. I started be, you know meeting people. So um, so I did that for about four yeah, four years. I think I was twenty five ish, um, and then. I was like, I need to find a, I need to settle in. I just need to, because, I mean, I'm 25. I got to stay there or stay here. And <laughs> yeah. how, you know, how God works things out. Uh, I met my, yeah. I met my wife and Othello. And one summer we were at church together. I was like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? So, <laughs> um, that kind of makes a difference. It did. And that's and, an incentive to get out here. Exactly. And I was like, wow. And then she was just finishing her teaching degree. Mm at Central, and she was looking for teaching jobs, mm. and she has a, and she applied at Burlington Edison <laughs> or Richland, and yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, and she goes, what do you want? I said, well, I'll just go wherever you go, you know, I'll just follow yeah. you or whatever, and well, yeah. she got the job in Richland, 
So I had to call mom and said, mom, uh, by the way, I'm not coming home this <laughs> anyway before that. But yeah. I was like, so she got a job there and then I, I got an apartment, got my apartment. She had hers and, and I went back to school actually, went to CBC and mm-hmm. they have a two year ag degree program there. Columbia Basin College. Yep. Yeah. And I did that, uh, did that with two years degree and because applied science degree, which is really good. But then I went on in the meantime, I got my associate's arts degree. I had a few credits from, from Bellingham Tech, I mean, from Bellingham Community College, yep. but not much. So I was pretty much starting over at 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So I got my, my two-year associate's degree plus my applied science and agriculture degree at, at CBC. And then uh, just then, the Washington State University of Tri-Cities was starting an ag program. And how things work out, I knew I was going to church with this guy that was, uh, his name's Bill Dean. He was the director of the program. So I was like, hey, that looks like a good idea. So that gave me, I was like, you know, the more education I get, everybody says education, because it gives you an opportunity at least to apply. You know, you learn, you don't learn it. You learn a lot in college, but by no means, you you know, you learn it right here. So at least gave me a chance. And I, so it took me almost five years. And in the meantime, I was very fortunate. I had an internship at a chemical company called Mm. UAP. Okay. Yep. I met people. I worked on a resource farm they had. So I was just starting to network with people, network, you know, and stuff. And and then they had some changes. And then Bill, come back again, Bill Dean was a uh, was running an organic farm in Basin City. And he mm-hmm. needed a guy to come out and monitor irrigation and help with that. And I was like, you know, I kind of like it back to the farm. So that's how I got back to the farm. Mm-hmm. But that job only lasted a year. <laughs> Cause they decided to shut the farm down. Like, but again, I feel very fortunate because I feel bad, but it was like, right. Like we got done with harvest and onions. We had onions there too. It was like, it was organic onions, but they laid everybody off except me and another guy. Mm. And I went to the packing house, Judell farms for that, okay. for that winter. So I was like, I thrown into watching the storage, thrown into figure out how to pack onions but it was, I was very fortunate, you know. So then, after that, uh, there was a good neighbor called Klostermeyer Farms, which they grow carrots. They were expanding acres, and then they needed somebody to come help, like, take care of 500 acres. And I was, I was green. So I, but they gave me an opportunity. So I, so I went there that following summer, after that winter at the packing shed, and I learned a lot about growing crops, you know, how to grow carrots. And, and, uh, and then 15 years ago, I mean, I was there for about five years at Klostermeyer's. And then 15 years ago, I came here. I, I knew Carrick through actually a church con- connection. And he, he, I talked to him off and on. I see him once in a while, but he was, they were looking to expand or have some help. And, but he did not want to approach me when I was had another job. Right. So I was like, like end of five years at Klostermeyer, I was like, you know, I kind of like to do something different. And I kind of, and they were good to me. Klostermeyer was very good to me. They said, yeah, go, you can look, you know, just, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you on as long as possible. They, you know, they were, they were great. I was very upfront with them and honest. That's a good employer there. Oh, oh right. Exactly. They weren't like, get out. They were just like, hey, we'll, you know, stick with, we'll stick with you. You know, it's winter time coming up. And uh, so I did apply at McCain's Foods. They were looking for a fieldman. And uh, then Carrick got a hold of me and interviewed me. <laughs> said, hey, we're expanding acres. Do you want to help come on and be part of the management team of the onion production? I was like, well, I just left a farm. I don't know. I was like, ah, you know, but I was, but the McCain's never got really back to me. And then yeah. it was a good opportunity, too. I'm glad. It, it, it It's the right thing I did. And so I come in, and, again, I was just 
I had some good ideas, but still, I mean, it's a total different from carrots to onions. You can take yeah. some stuff with you, but drip irrigation to syrup, it's just, you know, it's, but there was, you know, they had a lot of things in place that was really good. It wasn't starting from scratch. It was mm-hmm. like, get in and take, take on this and then give input. And we've changed a bit over the years as things do. But it was it was a steep learning curve, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the last five years, I mean, I'm, I've been I'm, I just turned fifty actually on Friday. I just turned just. And I, I Happy birthday! Back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it was a good day. I worked so most I worked all day, but <laughs> it was enjoyable. I don't a farmer's birthday. A farmer's birthday. I had a good cel- yeah. Keep keep working. <laughs> exactly. I had a good celebration Saturday and Friday. You know, it was good, but it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, it uh, last five years. Um, everybody says that, you know, you know, when you're young, but the older you get, I mean, you just, you, know, you just look at things differently, you know, become more, you get experience too, you know, yeah. you just kind of, I think you take your time and enjoy things a bit more and see how things go, you know, and how, and you got experience because you can say, well, I've done that before and I've not heard the crop, you know, yeah. that's, that's, or I've done that and it didn't work, so I ain't going to do it again. Exactly. You know, and very fortunate I have bosses, you know, you know, you, you trial and, you know, um, you do a bit of trial and error all the, you know, you do trials all the time. You check, you yep. change things, you check, because that's always a good, you just remember that for next time, like most things. Yep. So that's how I've, you know, I've just kind of been learning and, you know, I just learned things over here. We have conferences in the winter times. We go, last winter was exception because of COVID, but. Right. You learn bits and pieces. You're involved in organizations, but you just, you know, you learn, you know, sometimes you walk in the field and you just think, oh, why am I walking out here to fix something? I got a broken mm-hmm. water line. And all of a sudden you walk there and go, oh, there's a reason why I'm out here because mm-hmm. I need to look at that. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah. it's part of that, too. So, uh, it, it's just, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you walk with it, you know, by no means. I'm not the only one involved in it. I mean, there's a big crew that that takes does a ton of this and we all work together you know i make makes a lot of the decisions but we got a lot of good people and uh it's very enjoyable you know i don't have a day i don't get up and say i don't want to go to work quite frankly it's yeah. it's just it's fun it, it you just have to you know i can just keep talking <laughs> no i i love it i mean you're answering all the questions that i have in my head about how this already all works and and how you got into it what is it that people maybe don't tend to understand about onions and how they're grown? And um, That's a good question. Um, like when you're, does farming onions change the way you would shop for them in the store, what you're looking at? I do. And, I go to every store. Uh, my wife will say, I'll go to the produce and I'll just look at the onions <laughs> and compare them. You know, farmers, we're competitive. Yeah. Um, and see what's marketing, what's, what, are, what are people doing? And different onions, you grow for different markets too. You know, yeah. if you want to, if you're going to process, you may, you may need big onions, a lot of rings. If you're going to go fresh market, you may not be big onions, you know? So it's all yeah. depends on your market too. Um, one question I got, I usually get is, you know, do you guys grow, what, what kind of onions do you grow? Are they all grown the same? You know, are they sweets and stuff? Cause like everybody knows like the Walla Walla sweet. They right. do. It's a very, they've done a very good job of advertising yeah. that, but, uh, they don't, I guess they don't quite understand, um, I mean, how much onions are used? I mean, I mean, in your life, do you bring a, can you eat a 50-pound bag of onions at your home in a year? It would be tough. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could. Some people could. but I could probably do it. Probably nobody would want to be around me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I do love onions. Uh, yeah, and, and quite frankly, onions are very good for you. They are. I mean, they're digested. There's something, there's very, they're very good for you. And mm-hmm. raw onions, which are hard to, you know, there's some, some onions that are, 
you know, we'll taste test in the field sometimes just to yeah. see if they're a sweeter onion. Take a bite out of it we'll like go, an apple? Oh, yeah. Well, not an apple. Maybe we'll cut a slice off of it, yeah. and I'll go to see how, how it is, you know. Because some people will do that. Oh, I, I... Well, eat onions like an apple. Which you probably could do with a roll of all sweet. You could. It's yeah, like can, it's with like, a sweet, yeah. It's a Swiss can. It's, it's very good, you know. I... Yeah. I wouldn't want one of these. I wouldn't. I mean, you'd be just, ugh, you just, it would, it would, it's not meant to do that. I guess I like onions, but yeah. it's not meant to it's bite. Got, yeah. <laughs> it's got some bite to it. Yeah. Um, but but that's are, what you want if you're cooking them up and putting them in a you, recipe. You want that flavor to come through, and a sweet onion may not be strong enough for that kind of thing. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, they're just, they're so, they're diverse. They can be used for so many things. You know, they're just, and they're good for you. They are. Um, they're used in a lot of things that people don't even know about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could, I mean, we, we make them, I mean, just normal stuff, hamburgers, and you do, you know, a few onion rings and, and stuff like that, you know. And But, I mean, they're just in, you know, salsas. And one of the biggest times of the year is the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, when how much salsa is used with chips and salsa. Yeah. And, and you can, we see our shipments, you know, so you can track yeah. them. And people are getting geared up for it. So, I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's the same way with dairy, too. Like sometimes, sometimes I talk with Lee Milky. I don't know if you yep, know who I that is. Yeah, I do, yep. The guy who from our our same community that we mm-hmm. both grew up in, mm-hmm. who has tracked dairy markets forever, and he always watches the Super Bowl like a hawk. And you know how much cheese moved, yep. and because uh, it's a big d- thing for the dairy it community. Because you you need those times, you know. Yeah. And so you know it makes you just i don't know like i said you go into the supermarket you look at the onions and go oh those look pretty good you know i think we can do you know you can do better but uh, <laughs> i like if, that if they're selling those we could get these in here we want the yeah. competitive but um the onion community in this area is actually you know there's a lot of good growers there is and uh again we're most onion growers are pretty specialized too you know there's a certain you know they're potatoes is a big driver potatoes is a big big lot more acres over here mm-hmm. and and Actually, sometimes onions is qualified as a minor crop. Quite for, it is. It's it's just you know. But uh, there's good growers, and we're able to meet the, the supply. Um, except you know, like right now with the COVID thing, it's kind of it has slowed down shipments throughout the year. So how far and wide do the onions that you grow go? Um, like do they go around the globe? We have shipped some overseas. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's a world. It's a global market for a lot of things, and. Oh. Just depending on, which is unfortunate sometimes, that there's a f- crop failure somewhere else, mm-hmm. they may import onions to right. from wherever, the U.S. or something like that. Um, the challenging thing with that is you put them on a barge, and you hope they're going to, and they get there, <laughs> they got to be good, because you can't just go get them. So we don't do that very often. Yeah. Once in a while we do. Um, but a majority of our onions uh, will go into Canada. Actually, mm-hmm. we're shipping a bunch into a processor in Canada, and just, and they some repackers up there. We'll ship onions all the way to East Coast, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, New York, uh, all over the you know Washington D.C. A lot of that um, with the COVID thing, the East Coast has been shut down more maybe than some of the Western Midwest mm-hmm. states or whatever. So, yeah. but uh, they'll kind of go all over. You know, it's I mean it, and then they'll you know. Well, it has a long shelf life. It's something that you can do that with. Exactly. Versus like my dad and his red raspberries. Well, if especially if you don't freeze them. They're pretty, yeah. You got <laughs> days Juice. or hours while those things are still good, you know. Yeah, exactly. So what what is that uh, on that point, um, whether they stay in domestically or it sounds like it's a big deal if you do ship anything overseas, the storage part, what's the key to that? 
And like you guys keep them in your own warehouses. That's probably a better situation because then you can control it and make sure they stay nice. We do. And you aren't selling a bad product to somebody. Yeah, and we have all of our uh, storages right very close to our, our call. We call it a packing house where the onions come through and bagged off, you know. So um, you want good temperature and and fairly you want fairly good humidity to keep the skin on mm. but not too much humidity to cause a disease like molds and things right. like that so we right. have so a lot of them are very uh, the high tech i mean they are, they are you set certain parameters in the controllers and it will dictate like if there's a temperature outside what's your set point it will open up outside air to bring it in What's mm. humidity? Maybe you'll close. You know, so they kind of self-monitor, and you have to set them up a little bit. Yeah, but that's the key. Is and, and another thing that's really key, like most things, is uh, very consistency. You don't want to yeah. have a wide swings. You don't want to have wide swings because it. You know, uh, these things. Onion is a biennial because it will throw seed on a second year. Mm. So if you don't do a good job in storage, it's like a little bit warm, and some of them that. You know they'll they'll start to sprout. They start to wake up. They do they want to grow again. Exactly. So you got to think that and keep that in mind too. So, mm. um, so like, what temperature do you store them at roughly? Uh, we are thirty-eight. Oh, to really? Forty. So pretty cool. Yeah, not kind of like potatoes. Very. Yeah, potatoes and potatoes. They put maybe a, quite a bit more humidity in them than mm. we do. Um, because because of the reasoning we and then the humidities. I don't know. It's, it kind of goes all over 50, 60 you know, percent. Uh, I do in the wintertime, I do go up and, and uh, check the onions out on the pile and look at things and help make some decisions on which storages to run. You know, I do get involved. We have a guy that's a couple of guys that take care of most of the day to day stuff, you know, but um, that's a good temperature we, we've found over the years because if you get too cold, um, then when you take them out, uh, a lot of times you get condensation on them because it's warmer out so you want right. to he's kind of walked that line you don't want to have them too warm because they may come awake so you kind of right. it's a learn it's the same thing learning in certain varieties and we're learning we're going to learn a lot this year because we got to hold these things in until <laughs> june or july right. possibly we've never right. done that longer fortunately uh, this variety out here is one of that will store so we are um uh, we're going to learn some things this year that we haven't had before, and and but we've, we've we've done a good job up here. We're not we're not reacting now to say, oh gosh, you know, we've kind of thought this may be coming, and we've been preparing for it. So I was always taught, you know, an ounce. Let me see, an ounce of cure is always better than a, is it a pound of? No, it's not, let me see. It can be a pound of prevention, but sometimes it's more than that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's an ounce. Yeah. Yeah, an ounce of cure is a lot better than a pound of prevention or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So you you got to keep thinking ahead a little bit, you know, and just so we've done some work ahead of time with the possibility of this happening. So that's that's like most farmers are thinking ahead, thinking ahead. You know, if you you can't get bogged down by the details too much on each day, you have to keep thinking, you know, but but still deal with some of that stuff too. So, yep. What's your favorite onion dish? Oh, if you're gonna eat onions. What's the best way to do it in your opinion? Um. And I really like, I do really like a good onion ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, uh, you know, onion soup is, is really good too. Um, I love hot dogs, hot dogs and lots of onions on them. Grilled or, or raw on there? I Actually, I boil my hot dogs. <laughs> and Old I, and school. I boil my hot dogs and, I, and I'll just, I'll put my raw onions on there. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I just, I like, you know, on hamburgers, I mean, there's nothing better than a good onion. And, mm. uh. 
And another one is a red onion, which is very, very good on salads. I mean, yeah. I just like that, that crisp, you know. Yeah. And those red onions got a got a good kick to them. Oh, you know? they do. They yeah. do. Don't want to bite into one of those. Like you don't. They're especially <laughs> they make right your now. Eyes water. Yeah. yeah. And as they get you know longer in storage, they get a bit more. They call it pungent. Mm-hmm. Because there's some conversions going on internally, yeah. That yeah. They, which helps prevent them store. I mean, helps helps them store, but right. still makes them pretty. Pungent. <laughs> strong onions. Strong onions, yes. And they make you cry, too. Do you know any secrets to that? I mean, do you guys have uh, that where like, if you have a bunch of onions? That I can't imagine in, like, oh, onion processing where they're chopping. Bad. Yep. Uh, conditioning. You got to get used to it because if you don't, like, right now we're not doing it until, but when we start, mm-hmm. like, mowing the tops off or right down in our early harvest, oh, mm-hmm. boy. I mean, you sit in that cab, and I don't do it as much, but you sit in there, and you just start to... Start weeping. Oh, you start get emotional. Ter- yeah, you get emotional over the crop. That's All the it takes is I chop an onion up, and I'm like, "Hey, great! I'm not crying yet." And I throw it into the into a pan to start yep. cooking them, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh, here it comes!" Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the onion tears. The onion tears. It's yeah. There's some. You have to get used to it. I mean, I. I mean, I feel. I mean, I'll go up and cut onions like in the wintertime just to check them out, you know. And I mean, yep. there's some that just ugh, they'll just they'll put you. I, mean, I can't hardly look at them, you know. So you just gotta get used to it. It's like. Like uh, like a lot of things, you just yeah. have to get over and over and over again. So, um, but it, it's a it's a neat industry. There's neat people involved. Uh, this hat I wear, it, it's called it's the NOA National Onion Onion Association, and great group of people. You know, you meet over the years, conventions, and that uh, there's just a, that's 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 worldwide. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's it's a good group of people. So, but uh, yeah, what's the biggest challenge as you look to the future? For, um, for doing this kind of farming here in Washington? Well, you know, uh, labor's, I mean, I've, I've heard in other podcasts, labor's is, is challenging, you know, yeah. and um, try to, um, we don't mind, you know what, we don't mind paying. I mean, you have to pay. I mean, I, these people, people work hard. We don't mind that. It's just to find people to do it mm. and want to do it, you know, even, I'm not just saying the weeding out here, just, just the people that will, work on the farm you know it's just not a, a lot of people aren't brought up on the farm anymore and they don't mm-hmm. have that connection um but labor and good people that you know that can i mean i'm 50 and we ought to be starting to train the next generation you know and i and it's going to happen i'm not saying that's not but it's that next generation is going to keep this thing going right. and then have an interest in it um and in shows like this i think this is awesome because it is opening up opportunities i'm a kid from whatcom county that didn't grow up on the farm and now look mm-hmm. what i'm doing you know there's opportunity come over here. I mean, you got to take a, maybe a little bit of a risk, but there is opportunity. And like you have explained through your story, there are people who are willing to instill confidence into you, give you a shot. Exactly. And mentor you, teach you how, show you the ropes. Exactly. And that's what, you know, I, I try to, you know, I mean, I, I try to do the same because I, I like that, you know, and, and, and people say, Hey, you know, what do I, or just, you know, give people a responsibility. Say, hey, yeah, what do you think of this? Make decisions, you know, because, I mean, I'm making decisions. I don't know everything. I mean, we, 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 we know a lot more, but there's always two ways to do things, you know. That sounds good. You know, that, that, that stills in confidence in people, you know, that, that they can do that and not have to be told to do it. And I think that's what's – there's people that are coming. It's not that I'm not saying there isn't. It's just to find that unique and uh, to keep that farm going. And, and – State of Washington's a great place to farm. I mean, um, but just try to tell our story over here to dic- to kind of say what's going on in uh, over in Western Washington to say mm-hmm. what we're doing over here. Um, 
you know, we, we're, we're just trying to make a living and enjoy, you know, and, and do a, grow a good crop, take care of the environment. We are. We're, we're trying to be good stewards of this and to try to get that message out everybody we're not just over here haphazardly you can't there's not the stage of the, and it probably was never that way but you just can't do that economically you can't you cannot not do a good job and not take care of this because this is our resource mm-hmm. so to get that message out i think is yeah. is a challenge and i i'm glad you're doing this and in, in other other outlets um you know uh just foods you know just to make a good product uh, be able to to know what kind of markets to go after and, and maybe not do the same thing year after year because it's comfortable. Yep. I guess that keeps that yep. thought ahead, yep. forefront, you know. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, and, and again, too, is, is uh, you know, we farm, but to have a good quality of life, too, which is an all-rounded, is, yeah. is good for all of us. You know, you take a little break because mm-hmm. that makes you so much better. Yeah. Uh, what's to make a perspective on things. So, yeah. um, but that's, yeah, I think there's, there's just a lot of things, you know, I think most farms, farmers probably feel the same way. Um, input costs are, are always going to go, <laughs> cost of things are always going up. Yeah. It's not, and it's very hard. We're not like we just, we don't like to pass on stuff, but to even stay in business, sometimes you have to raise your price. You can't, you know, we aren't, we're not trying to, have a huge margin here we just i mean the amount of risk it's taken we you, you have to build a little bit of a margin then to keep this thing going so i mean mm-hmm. we don't like to pass things on but we sometimes you have to pass you have to expenses on you know so do you have much control over what you can ask for your food that you produce your product uh we do sign contracts so we do have yeah we do you know um but it's but who we're talking to, they're getting input from who they're selling to also. Right. So we are on, you know. And they could get onions somewhere else too. I guess that's the downside of a crop uh, a crop or food or product that you can ship and store for a long time because then well, they exactly. could say, well, we're going to get it out of, well, what are the other big growing areas? Well, the Treasure Valley, um, just across the border there in Idaho, Oregon, mm. and that's a, they have to grow about 20,000 acres there, which wow. is a... Neat area, good growing area, the good growers there. Um, they have, you know, they they have some shipping advantages there and customer stuff. Um, but we all kind of grow the same year and we ship. But then there's onions that come out of Texas and Mexico, like like right now. So mm, right. that crop's coming on and we still got storage crop, you know. So, again, right. it gets back to building those relationships that say, hey, you know, help us out here a little bit. We helped you out four years ago when wine onions doubled price and we still yeah. stuck to our contract. You know, that, that's, that's yeah. key. Um, but there, we, well, we, let's say we go negotiate a contract and we ask for not much. I mean, just a half a cent or something on a, on a bunch of pounds, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's mm-hmm. millions of pounds or whatever, but it's gotta be economical for them because they're selling it to somebody too. Are, is yeah. they, are they willing to pay, you know? So right. it's that kind of that, yeah, you just, you know, you, you reason and, and then, uh, you give it, you know, and, and most of the time they, they are. They, if, if, you grow a, if you grow a good crop and a good onion that they can, re, that they can have a good, good recovery on, it gives you some opportunity to maybe get some more out of it. Again, it gets yeah. back to growing a good crop, like on most things. Yeah. Um, quality. Quality, it is, because they may be able, to be able to process that and get 80 or 90% return compared to somebody else at 70. That's big to them. Yeah. You know, so you strive for that, build that relationship. And uh, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll reward you, you know, and, 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 you know, we're not asking a lot more. We're just saying, Hey, we, you know, we got some more expenses. I mean, the state of Washington, I mean, it, it, I understand that, you know, it's expensive place to grow crops. 
Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's, uh, but it's fine. We'll, we're okay. We'll, we'll, the beautiful, beautiful thing of farmers, we're very adaptable. Uh, we, yeah. we are. And everywhere. I mean, they'll flick it away. And, and you can look at it two ways. You can go be very negative and say, oh, you know, this. Or you can go, you know what? Okay, we can do this. So you, got, you, got, you can go either way. Figure out a way. You can. Yeah. And you say, well, let's try this. Okay, and then and then you may not build, and then down the road. Well, let's try this, you know. So that's that's what's, I guess you could anyway. It's just to have that that entrepreneur, that positive. Let's let's try yeah, this. Got to be an optimist to to think that way. Yeah, and I, for and, sure. and in your line of work, you run across a lot of people that are that. A lot farmers are typically pretty optimistic <laughs> because what they're yeah. sometimes it looks pretty bleak, and yeah. they say, you know, that's okay. Let's you know, let's go for it. So. Yeah, I think some farmers are secretly optimistic because yeah. on the surface they'll say, "Oh no, this is not looking good." You know, everything's a downer, but yeah. they keep doing it. So exactly. it's like, ah, down deep, you you're hoping for exactly. something more than what you're you're letting on. Exactly. They, thank you for telling us all about onions. I know ten times more about the yeah. world of onions now good. after this conversation and uh, sharing your story as well. This is this is really cool stuff. And yeah. uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, tending yeah. to your onions to yep. to tell us all about it. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Dylan. And uh, it's uh, anyway, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk and and help help you know just promote agriculture in the state of Washington. It's it's beautiful, and there's opportunity if you're younger and thinking of wanting to be a farmer or some kind of ag. There is, you know, don't don't. Somebody says you can't do it. Don't. You can still do it. There's opportunity, which is. That's what makes America great. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. 